Okay, now say something funny. Would still require me to be funny. I've never told a joke once in my life. That's not true. You're right, my life is a joke. Hey. Welcome to the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast, the only Survivor podcast where the white saviorism is load-bearing. Fucking load-bearing! <laughs> I'm your host, Stephen Levine, with my co-host, Jared Sheldon. Jared, what's load-bearing in your life? Fraud. Now, let me tell you the story I teased last episode. Sure. Because I did remember. I didn't. <laughs> Alright, so, you're me. Also, I... I'm so sorry. Okay. But you're me. I'm home. I am sitting on the toilet. Are you about to admit to a crime? No, a crime being done to me. Okay, go on. I'm sitting on the toilet. I'm on my phone, which is important for the story. Okay. Because I get a text from, not, like, not even a real phone number, like a, like a five-digit number, you know, when it's like an automated text, it'll sometimes show those. Yeah. And it says, your order from Sullivan Steakhouse is being prepared and will deliver between... 7.40 and 8.10 or something like that. Okay. And I'm like, is this a scam? Like, my first thought was, this is a text message with a hyperlink. If I click that hyperlink, am I going to, is it going to take me somewhere it shouldn't? And then whatever. Sure. So I Google Gullivan Steakhouse Grubhub scam. Does not exist. Sure. Okay. So I do, I'm on my iPhone. I'm not as worried about like something malicious. iPhones are a little more closed loop and it's not like it's going to download anything on my phone. It might bring to like an app or whatever that I won't download. So I click the link and it opens the Grubhub app and I'm like, oh fuck, but I'm not signed in. So I'm like, what? So I open my email. Well, first I, I make, I'm like, maybe the account I had wasn't off of my email. Maybe it was off of like Facebook or one of the other Apple IDs, one of the other ways to sign in. So I make an account under my email and I'm like, oh, okay. And I look at my email and there sure was an order for over $400 <gasps> from Gullivan's Steakhouse or whatever it was. That was, and I have a card saved on file and charged to my card. Now, luckily for me, they screwed up. First yep. of all, I have text messaging on for that. Yep. Second of all, they changed the email address and the account after they put the order in. So I knew exactly where they ordered from and had all the contact details for the restaurant and all of that without uh -huh. needing to be signed into the app. So I immediately called the restaurant and I was like, hi, you're going to have an order for Jared Sheldon. No, you don't. Get rid of it. My Grubhub was hacked. It's under my name. It's under my card, but it's not under my address. Okay. So they, they cancel it. I call Grubhub. Honestly, pretty easy resolution. They got me my money back. Like, the charge was still pending, so they just canceled the order. It refunded the money within, like, an hour. Sure. However, and the, Stephen, this is where I'm going to let you choose the adventure of my life. Uh, you now have the address, don't you? I sure do. <laughs> where does the story go, Jared? That's the end of the story thus far. Okay. That was only, like, last night or two, that was two nights ago. Okay. What should I do? Well, first, you need to change your password on Grubhub. I don't even have the account back yet. They they probably nuked the account. Okay. So, what do I do with this address? It's about an hour away. Okay. It's out in the suburbs. I could... There's a, there's a lot of options I've considered. I mean, technically, I could file a police report. Yeah. But ACAB. 
they're not going to do anything about it anyway. What are you going to do? Like, arrest somebody over $400 from a, a hacked grab account? Probably not, especially when that money didn't actually technically get stolen because it never went through. I could dox them. I could sign up for, like, mailers and all of that. I will be looking up Jehovah's Witnesses and seeing if they, like, <laughs> you could request a Jehovah's <laughs> Witness to visit you. Please come to my house. Exactly. Yeah, and I look up the address. It is just a house. Like, this isn't like they ordered it to a business address and then we're going to go pick it up from there. No, they sure. just ordered it to their house. The only, I, I'm going to maybe put a stay on the Jehovah's Witness because then you're putting someone else's life in danger if there's a poor reaction. Maybe. I I don't imagine somebody's going to just hurt a Jehovah's Witness in cold blood that just knocks on their door. They probably just won't answer. Fair. I think I like the mailings, like setting up for mailings. What I would do, especially if you're like, okay, let's get spiteful, send like a single flower with a card that's just like either a long-ass rant or... Just a picture of your middle finger mm, mm-hmm. would be kind of fun. Or, I don't know, get creative. <laughs> Have some fun with that address. I could. I think I will. If you want to write in ideas, I, I will probably... They made a mistake. They, they don't did. know who they did this to and how hard <laughs> I will commit to the bit. <laughs> Is there a sex toy of the month club? Oh, I... That sounds expensive. Valid. <laughs> but I could, I could make packages that look like their sex toys of the month club and Ooh. mail them for pretty cheap okay that's fun i have some i have some ideas nothing that's fully formed yet I'll <laughs> oh man <laughs> hmm. okay if you have thoughts for how jared would like to spite someone <laughs> send it in to us at email SurvivorTBT at gmail.com you can do it on twitter at survivor tbt or on reddit you slash survivor tbt send us those things Emails we did last episode, and we wouldn't have any new ones in the meantime. However, we do have a little bit for the end of this last one, so... Any any other thoughts before you want to get started? Don't fuck with me. Don't fuck with the bumper. <laughs> that was such a weird and edgy thing to say, but I wanted to commit to the bit. <laughs> Alright, so this episode came out on January 3rd of 2002. We have now crossed the new year. It is 2002. Oh, wild. I know. So, I mean, just to think about it, like, we're, we are watching this in December, so, like... On December 31st. Yeah, so we're about to cross into a new year, and Survivor just crossed into a new year. I mean, technically not at the time. Anyway, I'm besides myself. Continue. <laughs> well, we will still be 21 years ahead. Correct. Really only one thing of note happened. This is limbo week as I've come to Dane it, so it's not like there's a whole lot of news going on in the world. But Euro banknotes and coins become legal tender in 12 of the European Union's member states. So oh. they just started rolling out the EU's currency. Nice. And then this the same song, How You Remind Me by Nickelback, was unfortunately still the top song. It's hanging and on. <laughs> it's hanging on. Most of the top five movies have stayed the same. Lord of the Rings, Jimmy Neutron... Ocean's Eleven. Number four, though, A Beautiful Mind. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. It was six last week, or maybe yesterday. Like, on January 2nd, 2001. But sure. That's really the only one that's changed. The world is pretty static. All right. Then let us get into the episode. Episode 12, Truth Be Told. Do, is, 
Is this whole episode title just for that that one moment toward the end? I think so. Cool. It's kind of a boring episode, minus what we're going to yell about. For for <laughs> for a final five episode, like building into your finale, it is surprisingly tame. If Lex didn't win immunity, I think it could have been more interesting. Sure. I don't. I think it might have had the same result. Maybe. Maybe. But that's an open question. It didn't feel like an open question when we got the tribal. There was one moment where I was like, maybe Lex pulled the trigger on Tom, but I still wasn't sure if Kim was going to, and <laughs> yeah. He had to rally the whole troops, and we didn't get there. Yep. Anyway, we're way ahead in the episode. Yeah. We start off with... Uh, poop in the water. Poop in the water. <laughs> Ethan is indeed filling the... Pouring the boiled water into the water tower that they have. Mm. And then they go to collect more water, and there is elephant poop, like a big old chunky elephant poop. Yum. Right in the smack dab of the watering hole. Yeah, and the beginning of this episode, I feel like it's trying really hard to set up for drama later in the episode, with Tom talking about how it's hard to get along with all the people and all the animals all the time. But it just doesn't do a very convincing job. Yeah, it's it's halfway between, alright, we have big game potential here and this is a slice of life episode yeah it does both but it does neither well yeah very strange <laughs> and also about the thing that tom says about old kim washing herself downstream of the elephant poop is totally correct that's a very <laughs> stupid thing to do well you get stuck in the house oh, okay well yeah explain that tom's explaining to old kim our only kim that you're you're washing downstream of where the poop is, so you're washing yourself with poop, essentially. And she's not hearing it, and doesn't want to hear it, and has done it this entire time, so... Like, whatever. Yeah. At least she's not just straight up drinking it, otherwise... <clears throat> dysentery! Terry be straight up dist. I hate Steven. <laughs> and then we get into, again, more weird slice of life things. Tom's feet stink... Yeah, everyone's bored and Tom's feet stink. Yeah. So And Ethan takes particular offense to Tom's feet. We we have a whole good section about Tom's feet. Yeah, this whole episode directed by Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> we get a real good close up on Tom's feet. Ugh. Somebody's gotten their rocks off to Tom's feet. No. Someone out there has done it. No. I'm sorry to tell you, Stephen. No. Again, I'm not. I'm not a. I don't know if I've gone on record saying I'm not a feet person. I'm not either. I'm not gonna kink shame. We we'll keep ending up here. It's not not a thing that I enjoy. And then a chicken gets loose, <laughs> which again, just like before, this is one of the times where you do listen to Tom, the man who works around animals all the time. Yeah. He's doing the correct things. Like, don't chase it. Let it come to you, and then just grab it. Yeah. And, and Teresa goes on on the chase, like tells people, no, 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 stay put. I got, I got this, and just kind of like chases it in a circle around. The good thing is the chicken doesn't have anywhere to go. Yeah, I imagine its wings are clipped, even though chickens aren't super. Can't really fly. Can't really fly. They can glide. They can get some height. Yeah, but yeah, they can't I, fly anywhere. I was surprised they still had chickens. I was too. I had assumed that they had gone through. This must be the last one. Yeah. Because they they weren't in a real rush to shut the door after the one got loose. That's a good point. Yeah. They must they're they're probably rationing them out. The last one probably eaten, you know, final four, final yep. three. Yep. 
So Teresa chases it around and Tom, in an amazing feat of athleticism for Tom, just kind of like one fell swoop, doesn't grab the chicken by the body, just like swipes at the legs, grabs both of the legs and holds on. It's impressive. That's that country wisdom. I'm really impressed by it. Yeah, me too. And the the footage shows the whole thing, so mm -hmm. it's... Mm. Like I said, different types of intelligence. Yeah. <laughs> and then we go on to the next thing that confuses me. They get letters from home. Mm-hmm. Why? It's a great question. They, maybe just because we've done it seasons one and two? Yeah. Like the, the final push letters? I, I may be rehashing the same argument I had last season, but... Why do you do this after you just saw them on the video reward? I agree. It spread it out. Cheapens the video reward and it cheapens the letters. Do the letters from home way earlier. Do them yes. around the merge and yeah. then do the videos later. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Keeping it to like the final five is... It, and also like it kind of takes away from the interest in it too. And I think we see that this episode. None of... The five of them get letters that are particularly interesting to us. Yeah. With more people, you're more likely to get letters that have some type of narrative value to the audience. Mm -hmm. Or like learn. It can help you learn about the characters. This would have been great back when there was way more people that we knew less about. Yeah. And like, there, there are some great moments here. Like Lex instantly cries because he's a loving dad and he's sure. just super excited to hear from his kids. Uh, Teresa had a good moment where uh, we're talking about her dad who was sick and was possibly dying. Yeah. So that was important to hear from him. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, it had to have been written a while ago, so you don't know exactly. I don't know. That might put me a little on edge. Like, okay, when was this written? Like, tell me, tell me, tell me, Survivor. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if... Teresa had some type of agreement with the show of like, hey, if something happens, let me know. Tell me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we've seen it. We've seen it already with Jervis that that's not, it's not unprecedented. So true. But hearing from him and having a letter probably helps take a lot of the worry away that at least he's still at the time the letter was written, like coherent. We don't know what kind of health problems he has, but he's probably pretty old. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tom gets called uh, female genitalia by his his son yeah what was the exact quote like don't I'm not, be a puss or something like that uh, i was gonna avoid it but yeah yeah <laughs> his son we've now seen we, we've heard from his son in two episodes his son is just like him it, it, it's true it's his son is just baby tom the apple is the tree <laughs> tree apple apple tree pen pineapple apple pen and then we get a, a poem for Kim about... <laughs> it was very sweet. This poem sucked. Yeah. The, the person who wrote this poem, clearly not a, a poet. Really, the poem is, is doing it too much service. It was a limerick. <laughs> yeah. But the cute thing pulled from that is that her nickname is Survivor Kippy. Yeah. Which has been the nickname long before ever going on Survivor. Yeah. Which brings up the question... There are two Kims. Yep. Why are we not going by Kippy? It's a great question. We could have been doing that this whole time. Could have gone... Uh, young Kim could have gone by Powers. Old Kim could have gone by Kippy. Yeah. There is so many... So many good options. We have options, and yet we steer into the worst one. Kim J and Kim P. 
<laughs> and now finally, once we get down to one... They're like, oh, by the way, I had a hidden nickname the entire time. What? <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> and then we get the reward challenge. It is a surprise visit? It's... it. This is a very misleading... Just the whole note was misleading. Yeah, yeah, it was. And I think it's Tom that makes a good point where he's like, maybe it was Lex. Like, we're in the middle of nowhere comparatively. How yeah. are you... There's no way our families are coming out here. How are we getting a visit? And they're the ones that are going to do the visit, which, again, we'll, <laughs> we'll talk, talk about. about. Oh, wait, I, one more Tom quote. Go on. Somebody, I think it's Lex brings up that, like, oh, it could be a haiku. And Tom's like, haiku? I can't even say haiku. Tom, you just did. <laughs> Tom, that, that was the word that you just threw out of your mouth. <laughs> just throwing it out there. Uh, we get to the challenge. It is a word search. Essentially. What did, I mean, what did he call it? I don't know if he, he called it. He called it a word scramble. Sure, yeah. It's really halfway between a word search and a crossword puzzle. Wait, no. No, it's it's a full-on word search. You're right. With just a bonus at the end. Word searches always have to have one word that or share a letter with another word, don't they? Not always. Okay, that's but... why I was thinking crossword puzzle, because they're because they all had to in this challenge all had to share at least one letter. Sure. To to grab the the final word. So so they're doing a word search, and the intersecting letters will give a you have to unscramble them to get a final answer. And you had to you had a separate clue for the final one that you didn't look at until you got all the letters. Okay. Okay. It feels like an incomplete challenge. Yeah. Yeah, they're on to something kind of interesting there. Yeah. Mechanics wise, it's at least a little more interesting and uh, interesting to watch and easier to keep up with because Jeff is walking around being like, Alright, you have this many, you have this many done, you have this many done. So it's not one of those where it's just chaos happening and then somebody wins. I did really enjoy, I had to write down, that Jeff was stalking this game. You're right. He he just kept going around in a circle because all the boards were situated in a circle so that nobody could see what anyone else was doing. Mm -hmm. But that means that Jeff, in order to watch all of it, keeps going around and around and around in this circle. And we have aerial shots of him going around and around and around in this circle. <laughs> and here we see... Probe stalking his prey. Oh, I thought the <laughs> safari was last episode. Nope, it's now. It's Jeff. That's actually what I wrote. Jeff stalks his prey. <laughs> I mean, then the new thing that Jeff loves doing in the in the forties is talking about the monster. This is Jeff actually stalking his prey as the monster. The monster. <laughs> so we could we we go through the challenge. Lex gets a clear and early advantage. He gets done. So there's 12 words. Yep. He finishes and the person in second appears to be Ethan who has six. Yeah. I have not talked this season about how much of a challenge beast that Lex is. It is kind of impressive. It really is. He's dominating the season yep. challenge wise. I should have a list like his win rate He's only lost. It's impressive. He's only lost one individual immunity challenge. Two. You're right. Lost the first one. You're right. And the second one. Yep. Well, the first one and or, the, sorry, the, the last. And the last one. Yeah, that we the last just one we just saw. I don't know about reward challenges, but it is. It's very impressive. Didn't Ethan win one? 
reward? He did win a reward. Yeah, yeah, Lex hasn't won all of those. But either way, his win rate has to be in the 80s, if not 90%. Sure. Insane. Absolutely insane. He is dominating this. And it's not like all of the challenges are exactly the same. There's a lot that are physical. There's a lot that are mental. I will say, and they bring this up in the episode, the rewards this season, and it happened a little bit last season too, being so big and mm-hmm. so extravagant gives the contestant who wins the reward such an advantage. Yeah. Because think about how much like food and relaxation Lex just and Tom as well just mm-hmm. had last episode. Their minds are sharper. Their bodies are in better shape. Their... Uh, their morale is higher. They're at a huge physical and mental advantage. Yep. Just by how well taken care of they are. It snowballs pretty intensely this yeah. season. Speaking of snowballs, the correct answer for the unscramble part, the clue was like an act of nature. Yeah. And the answer was avalanche. To which your common brain goes like, What? They're in Africa. Right, yeah, I don't exactly think of avalanches. I mean, sure, there's big mountains, but like, I don't think of avalanches in Africa. Yeah, it's because there aren't any. Yeah. And then Jeff takes everybody over for a nice little wander, and there's a Chevy avalanche right there waiting for Lex. Where's our Aztec, Steven? <laughs> Where's the Aztec? The Aztec is gone. No! I'm pretty sure there are no more Aztecs. There were no more Aztecs. We, we talked about this last season. They stopped making them. Yep. <laughs> it was a bad car. It was a bad car. This is a much nicer car. It's a full-on SUV. It's It looks a little sturdier than the Aztec. If you're Colby or Tina or Rich, are you a little bummed? <laughs> like, wait a minute. Hold on. I could have had that. My car sucks ass. I just got the Aztec. Well, I don't know. Maybe it's a collector's Aztec. You can. You never drove it and somebody will want that. Nah, maybe. I, I doubt it. I so. <laughs> And then we we get explained that you're going to take the Aztec and you're going to drive it to this village. This is what I was afraid the trading challenge was going yes. to be. Now, before we get into this, uh-huh. a couple things I want to say at the top. Go on. It's very sad that Teresa's brother passed away from AIDS. Yes. And I wish that Lex could have taken somebody else because I think that, like, we're going to get into why this is white saviorism and bullshit and kind of sucks to watch in a minute but this would have actually been impactful to Teresa personally Mm -hmm. the other thing is we're recording this on the cusp of 2022 to 2023 and prep the medication prep is a medical miracle i i've heard about it i don't actually know what it is can you describe that for me yes so first thing i'll say is that Teresa says her brother passed away 11 years ago from Mm -hmm. aids this is recorded. She said specifically HIV. I, I know okay. that they're okay. Then they're the HIV. same but different. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, HIV. From my understanding, HIV become like yeah. As HIV gets, is yeah. the virus that will eventually become AIDS without proper treatment. Yes. She said that was eleven years ago. This is two thousand one, so nineteen ninety. And her comment is, "We didn't really know anything about it." It is now 2022, 2023, and we have basically. Prevented it. Um, I'm not going to go that far. Well, I'm going to go... This is what PrEP is. Okay. It has been explained to me, from my friends who take it, as birth control for HIV. Okay. You take it every day 
you take it at the same time every day, and you are essentially immune. So it's like a like a vaccine in pill form. Okay. Not 100% efficacy, I don't believe, but 99.9. So, I guess my big, like, clearly for people who are using it, who are at risk, like you have a partner who has the virus, I guess it doesn't stop everything because not everyone knows and, like, there are, I don't know. It's it's pretty common for members of the male gay community to take it mm-hmm. every day regardless. That makes sense. That makes sense to me. That my, uh, I'm thinking of two of my friends in particular that do, and talking to them about it in the past, it seems like it is, it is a massive game changer. And just want to take that little side route there, just talk about, like, how fucking amazing medicine is in 2022. Yeah. Cool. Now, <laughs> for why this is bullshit. Yeah. Do you want to start us off, Stephen? Well, right off the bat, Jeff... In one of the worst opening lines, says, So you know how Africa struggles with AIDS. <sighs> like, oh, okay. I guess we're just jumping into that. Which is true. Like, sure, like, it's an, it was an active, I don't know if it still is, an active epidemic at right. the time. But we're just, we're just jumping right in. Yeah, okay. <laughs> gonna give no context of what's going on. Yeah, All right. That's that's his opening, and then he's like, "Okay, we're we're gonna do you and I. We're gonna take this truck loaded up with supplies. And we're gonna go to this hospital, the Wamba Hospital, with what we have here, plus another truck, which will equate to a year's supply of medical equipment for the hospital. This hospital runs only on donations, so what we're doing is going to very much help them." Okay, let me break that down real quick. Do it. So first of all, this is not a year's worth of supplies, like Jeff says, in the in that opening bit. It's a year's worth of testing supplies. Correct. Very different. Very important distinction there. They're I, doing more than just testing. Yeah, I know they had more stuff in there than just testing supplies. Like yeah. there was some medical equipment, but and don't get me wrong, helping a this hospital seems like it is doing a very good thing. I hate being, sorry, side note, I hate being devil's advocate in this one because it means I'm playing the part of white saviorism. No, no. But I'm trying to get more information out. So keep keep going. I'm yes. going to keep interrupting. The hospital itself seems like it's, it, from what we see, seems like it's doing very good work. But we are now doing charity as tourism. Yes. That is, that is the problem. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> rather than doing anything else or even making it like about the stories of the people who are struggling it's about lex and it's about how it impacts lex uh-huh. and that's the only reason why i would have given a slight pass for Teresa on that is because she's actually been personally affected by this same virus but it's so cringy the entire time, the shot of, like, Lex, like, pushing a truck to the child. Also, Lex has crazy eyes the entire time he's in the hospital. That's a whole other story. He just, <laughs> his crazy eyes just turn on and off throughout the whole season. Sure. It's, and, like, many of the adults who work there seem uncomfortable with cameras being pointed in their face. The doctor who's running it, his body language the entire time, to me, screamed hostage. <laughs> with, like, because, like, his hospital runs off donations. Sure. So he's going to accept the donations, but... Like, it's the equivalent of, like, going to a homeless person and filming them while you give them a sandwich and making them thank you. It's just, it's performative. Yeah. I mean, even Lex was uncomfortable. In in the initial exchange where 
They get out of the truck. They walk up to the people in a line, clearly coached on how this was going to go. Oh, 100%. Jeff kind of does most of the talking and then puts Lex on the spot. Like, he's the guy with the actual... He's the guy with the stuff. Talk to him, Lex. And Lex looks really uncomfortable. Which isn't something... This is a reward challenge. Lex wins a car or a truck. Fine. Yeah. Lex doesn't know... He didn't know this was happening 12 hours ago. You can't be like, all right, Lex, now talk to them about the supplies you brought. And he's like, I opened the hatch and there were boxes. Yeah, I solved a puzzle and then was told (laughs) we were doing this. Yeah. Which also, hold on, before we get any further, the road trip with Jeff did make me laugh a little bit. Because it's just... It's just Lex driving this SUV with Jeff riding shotgun and I'm assuming the... Cameraman in the backseat. Cameraman in the backseat, hanging out. Yeah, very, very odd. (laughs) That's great. Keep going. No, that's pretty much rant over. We've talked about our fears of this type of episode happening in previous episodes and gone at length. I don't want to spend the whole episode on this. It, It pretty much can be summed up by, like, catastrophe tourism. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm worried we're going to get, like, one of these a season. <sighs> Honestly, we will. Yeah. For for a little while, we are, we're going to. I, I want to say it comes and goes, so I can't say every season. Sure. But, yes. <laughs> yes is the answer. Yeah. Get ready. I liked, I liked the goat trading, <laughs> getting to, getting, like, an actual educational and interesting look at like what's going on in these villages and you know the 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 bartering and all of that versus whatever the fuck this is this is survivor's version of the eighth grade religious uh, (laughs) missionary trip missionary trip Uh of going somewhere doing a thing for a little bit and then stating oh i did my good deed forever and then never doing good things ever again and how annoyed would you be like put yourself in the shoes of like doctors and medical staff working at the facility Mm -hmm. like you are doing a pretty thankless probably very low paid and very important job and now to get supplies you critically need because your hospital runs entirely off of donations Mm -hmm. there's just camera crews up in your face and you're like dude i'm trying to give an iv like go away (laughs) it's 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 good bad it's the nature of the beast that you have to like you have to cater to those people to be like hey we do need help. Like, please help us. But the catering is actively getting in the way of what you're doing. Yeah, go do it in a ballroom somewhere in a first world country, not in the hospital with with camera crews and yes. taking a tour. Anyway. The last thing I'm going to say about this is that when you go out and you do help, helping is great. If you're doing it to make yourself feel better about doing the help, then it, you're not helping. Yeah. And if you're not sustaining the help, if you're not things aren't going back and doing it over again, or you're not setting up a community for sustainable, being able to help themselves over and over again, then you're only doing a little bit of help. Like you're not setting these people up for long-term success. And I should point out, I blame Jeff and the show entirely. Like I don't blame Lex at all. Correct. He didn't choose what this reward was going to be. And he, it seems like, like you said, it seems like he was pretty uncomfortable and he's just trying to do the, you know, take it all in and do the best with what he was just given. Yeah, I mean, there are good moments. Like, he plays with kids, he... He talks about in camp, he's like, they asked him how it was, and he's like, it's, it was really heavy. It's really heavy. And I believe him, because yeah. it was. It was a lot to just be thrown on 
Especially, you have to balance the, I want a car. Oh, yeah. I want something, today's rate, 20000 to $30,000. If I was in the power position in Survivor in these early seasons, and if I'm Lex, and I win that car, I'd be like, can I not? Because... Can you not win the car? Can I give the car to someone else? Because if I make it to Final Two, and one of them don't have a car... I'm going to get fucked with all the challenges I've won and owning a car. <laughs> I mean, the car... Last season, the car was almost the kiss of death for Colby. It was. Yeah, no, I I think... Remember, there was a 5-4 or a 4-3 vote split. Yep. That probably was enough to swing one vote. We'll see how it plays <sighs> out this time. <laughs> and that's anyway. assuming that Lex makes final two anyway. Valid. Anyway... We get we get back to camp, and you're right. It's super awkward at camp. These people are feeling pretty sick of Lex winning everything. Ethan yep. specifically says, I don't want him to win anymore. Yeah. Won't it piss you off if he wins again? Yeah. Can we also... We need to sit Ethan and Lex and Teresa and old Kim down and just explain to them what phrasing is. Because all four of them are like, we got to get him off. We got to get him off. Don't you want to get him off? Oh, I'm, I'm like, okay, guys. Hold on. <laughs> phrasing. Phrasing. And the ghost of Freud rises <laughs> from the ground. And it, while Lex is gone, we kind of do a little bit of, hey, aren't you sick of Lex winning? Maybe we should vote out Lex. And Teresa is playing this game. And old Kim is playing this game. And... Even Tom, a little bit, is kind of mulling the thought of, maybe we should get rid of Lex. Yeah, and Tom's been mulling it back and forth. Yes. And that's a key point for later in this episode. Yeah. Interesting, interesting tidbit I found from Ethan. I came in wanting to beat the best. I came in wanting to win this game ethically. Mm -hmm. Him stating that I want to put the best people against me in Final Two, like the best other person, so that... If I win, then I know that I beat the best. Ethan's still looking at this like season one a little bit. Yep. I don't... He says that. I want to beat the best. Mm -hmm. But this is a social game. Yeah. The best is not something that's quantifiable. I mean, you can say the person that's best at challenges. Mm -hmm. But if, for example, Lex didn't win this immunity Mm -hmm. and they vote him out. And then Ethan's bummed because he didn't get to go up against the best. Well, was Lex the best if he put such a target on his back that the moment he loses immunity, he's gone? Which, I mean, would have been last episode, but whatever. That he gets voted out before Teresa because he put too much of a target on his own back. Then I would argue he's not the best. The best is whoever makes it to final two, even if they're a goat. Yeah, because they they made it. Even if they get zero votes, they still made it there. Yeah. And I personally, if I'm playing this game, I don't want to sit by the best. I want to sit by the people who I know I can beat. Because part of your resume then, even if... I think it just changes, takes a perspective shift. Because let's say there's really... let's We'll use Teresa as a goat. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know that she's necessarily the one she's been trying. I don't think there really is a goat on this season. I agree. I think that everyone's been trying to make moves. But let's pretend that Teresa's much more of a goat than she is. Mm-hmm. And the final three is Ethan, Lex, and Teresa, and Ethan has to decide whether to take Lex or Teresa. Now, getting rid of Lex before you go up to final two 
makes you a stronger competitor because you took out stronger competition by beating mm. them directly in a challenge and getting rid of them. Sure. So even if they're not the strongest sitting next to you at final two, there's still somebody you beat along the way. Yeah. Yeah, it's just a very it's a it's a very like athletics mind to look at. It's like I wanna compete against the best and I, I wanna beat the best, but it's not athletics, it's social dynamics. I, t- I take back what I said. I think there is one person trending toward GOAT, and I think it's Old Kim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, at least she's tried. She, yes, yeah, she is trying, and she's trying to make moves, and no one is going with her moves. And I, well, I think part of the problem is all of her moves have relied on Lex not winning immunity, mm-hmm. and yet he continues to win immunity most of the time. Valid. And the only time that he doesn't win immunity is a time where it's the hardest to get him out. Yeah. And then another good quote from this time. Everyone wants Lex gone, but no one wants to do it. That is a little frustrating. That Tom was... We never get to see it play out because because Lex wins immunity. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. But it is it is quite annoying how Tom's like, Oh yeah, you guys, you guys vote for Lex. Get him out of here. Like, but I, you can actively change this. You can make the move. Whatever. I also don't think that the jury... Like, if, they're, if you're Lex tainting the jury because you got rid of him, sure, you might lose Lex's vote if you're the one that gets rid of him. But mm-hmm. I don't think the jury likes Lex that much. Brandon might. We talked about that probably winning Brandon's vote. Mm-hmm. But Kelly's not voting for Lex. No! I don't think Frank is voting for Lex. And I don't think Youngkin is voting for Lex. So you're not going to sour the jury by getting rid of him. Yeah. Just a lot of interesting tidbits there. And then we get into the Leftovers Challenge. <laughs> it's fine. It. I wish they had a pivot from the Leftovers Challenge mm-hmm. because doing a Leftovers Challenge on a season when one person is dominating all of the challenges mm-hmm. gives you a really predictable winner. I like this one. This one was set up well yeah. in that there was multiple puzzles. Mm-hmm. There was... A, a good emphasis on athletic feet, yeah. but then there was it ended on a thing that should have been a good a great equalizer <laughs> of something that you did once and then you haven't touched since. The target was way too close. It was. It absolutely was. We'll get to that anyway. This is the this is the challenge where they take little bits from every other challenge that they've done. Not every other challenge, other challenges that they've done, and. Combine them into one obstacle course that's gonna give you a little taste of everything. And there is the puzzle ladder from earlier this season, the net ramp that everyone struggles with. Just eat shit. Yeah. I could watch hours of people eating shit on that net. It's hilarious. Wanna watch some uh, Wipeout after this? I love Wipeout. Wipeout? I feel like people die in Wipeout. I know, they definitely had to cancel because somebody got like seriously injured. Oops. I mean, yes, because that show, safety, despite wearing life jackets and helmets, you're actively, like, trying to hurt people. It was, like, safety seventh. Yeah. Like, on the list of priorities. Yeah, that's why they did it not in America. Well, the first, the original show was in America, and they did not wear helmets. Really? I mean, I thought they filmed on location, not in America. Like, they would go to Brazil. Oh, they might have. Whatever, I'm off. I'm off topic again. They have the puzzle f- from that one challenge where it was only a puzzle, yeah. But it's a smaller version of it. It's cute. I think it's the same number of pieces, and they just shrunk it. 
so that yeah. one person could do it. But like, it is the same puzzle, so yeah. they already know the answer. Yep. It's a bad puzzle, too. It's a bad puzzle. And a small little climb under portion, and then finally a bow and arrow. You yeah. hit the bow and arrow once, a target that was, like you said, too close. It was maybe 20 feet away. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it was super even out of the gate. I was very hopeful for this challenge in that it was going to be competitive all the way through because all three guys get their ladder up at almost the exact same time. Yeah. And then it only gets worse from there. <laughs> yup. Lex pulls ahead and never looks back. Yeah. <laughs> and there were some fun parts. Like there was a great flip from Ethan as he went down the, the cargo net. Like he, he hit the bottom. It gives out from under him. So he just like rolls through, pops right back up and keeps going. Like, yeah. oh, damn. But then he hits the puzzle and suddenly all brain is dead. <laughs> he talks about it at Tribal. He's like, "My, I am not as sharp as I was at the beginning of the season. You're right. You're absolutely right. The ladies have no gas left. No. Like, they are a little bit slower on the puzzle. That's fine. They cannot get over this cargo net. You know in, like, animation, like, animation frames, like how something, the more frames something has, the smoother it looks? Yeah. It looks like Kim is moving at, like, ten frames a second. <laughs> like, she's just, like, jolting forward, like, mm. creaking. Mm. Mm. And, to be fair, she struggled at this cargo net the first time. Yeah. That was when she thought she was getting voted off. It was screwing that up. And it was just a reward challenge. Yeah. And, uh, I mean, Teresa's just older. Like, it's tough. I I don't blame these people for struggling, but, man. Both of the women are older, haven't had a reward in a while. Meanwhile... Lex is well-rested, well-fed, and a challenge beast. Mm-hmm. Ethan is a professional athlete, and Tom is also well-fed. That's true. And maybe a little, still a little drunk. <laughs> maybe, <yeah>, possibly. <laughs> Legends say Tom is still drunk to this day. <laughs> yes, so Lex got ahead, doesn't look back, and then nails the target on one shot. I don't, I don't even think Survivor was prepared for this, because they kind of like quick, quick cut to him, and boom, he hits the thing, and we're done. Hey, Steven. Yeah. You know something about the arrows? What about the arrows? They're not on fire. They're not on fire. Did you know something about the target? It did light on fire. It did light on fire. So we didn't need to have flaming arrows that almost set the contestants on fire several times. Jared is right. Jared was right. Steven was wrong. Oh, no, I'm not rubbing it in your face. Oh, no, I just want to make clear that I, I acknowledge that I was wrong. I'm glad production learned their lesson, but like... <laughs> Really? Like, you guys couldn't have the foresight to be like, huh, we're giving them bows that are difficult to fire. I don't need to go back through it, but it's just (laughs) hilarious to me. Beautiful. So Lex wins. Lex wins immunity again. Hold on, I brought up the list. This is his one, two... Oh, it's only his third time. I guess there have only been one, two, three, four, five, six individual immunities. So he's won half of them. Oh, okay. I thought it was more than that. He's just won the like three out of the four, last yeah. four. Teresa won the first one. Oh, with right. The, the challenge, yeah. And then Ethan won the... I forget what the challenge is. That's fine. It was in Smoking Out the Snake. Okay. Yeah, I don't remember either. That might have been the fire challenge. It was the Thinky Box challenge where they he had to go and find the, the, the items and put oh, them in the various sure. components. 
So that's that's the one that Ethan won. Got it. Okay. So yes, it's th- three of three of the six is still pretty good. On top of all the rewards that he's been so on. many rewards, so many. And then we get back to camp. Thus begins Teresa's scramble. Yes, and Teresa says, "I think it was actually before the immunity challenge because mm-hmm. we want Lex." But like old Kim talking to Teresa, like, "Yeah, maybe we should get rid of Lex now." And Teresa's like, "Now you wake up, Kim." Like blah blah blah. And I'm like, "No, Teresa. She was awake the whole time. We've heard Kim's perspective." Yeah. It just wasn't time for her to pull the trigger yet. Like, at the times that... One of the times earlier in the season, like, if she had gone after Lex, she wouldn't have had the numbers anymore. Yeah. You guys could have had the numbers. So it makes sense for her to keep him this long. Now, she should have gotten rid of him last episode, but... Eh, what can you do? Yeah. We're making moves, and I appreciate that. At least they're trying. <laughs> and we get the weirdest... Con- I wasn't sure about this when it happened, and then we kind of talked it through, and I'm like, okay... I guess I am on board. Teresa admits that she was the one that put the vote on Lex. Mm-hmm. To which my initial thought was, you're dooming yourself. But she was already doomed, so there's only the, the only way you can go is up here. Yeah. But her logic and reasoning, which I don't know how much of this is true. It seems fake to me. Yeah. Was that tom was leading the charge of this that tom came to her and said right before tribal and said hey look out for lex and she interpreted that as a vote for lex sure i don't think that interaction ever happened i don't i mean i'm not gonna discredit it i don't know that it was at that time sure no i think that's happened in the last few days yeah but i don't think at that time right like right after the merge i know tom and truce were getting along but like i don't know that just seems like to like out one of your biggest allies yeah. right away when you don't have full control of power in the tribe and doesn't really seem like something we've seen Tom do a lot of Tom's, you know, he like does... it could have been around when the Brandon stuff was happening. Yeah, maybe that's, that's what comes to mind when I think about it. No, anyway, everyone's, she's trying to plant the seed that vote for Tom. Yeah. That, that's my in. That's how I get... Yeah, they had to show us something. Yeah. And it wasn't very convincing. I mean, it it wasn't, except for Lex saying, I will cut his throat. Yeah. Like, if that's true, I'm going to cut his throat. Lex I'm... goes from zero to a hundred. Yeah. He, he and, seems the type. And it was really smart of Teresa to try to use Lex's vengeance against him. Absolutely. Like, please do. Go get him. And also... How shitty does Lex have to feel now, knowing it wasn't Kelly? <laughs> I, I, I mean, sure, this is something you do in Final Tribal Council. I was surprised he didn't just straight up say, "I'm sorry, Kelly, I screwed up." Yeah, I think they're told not to address the jury, like individual members of the jury, at this point. Valid. Yeah, but he will probably say something if if he makes it to Final Two at Final Tribal. Yeah, it's, it, it's a weird. It's a weird dramatic build. They, they, I don't know if they didn't have the footage to make this episode work, but we do have a good minute and a half of just slow build into tribal. Yeah, like they t- they linger longer than they usually do. They show a lot more walking footage than they usually do. Yeah, they felt like last episode felt like a filler episode in a good way. Mm-hmm. This episode feels like a filler episode in a bad way. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. And we get into tribal council where the... Imme- well, first we bring in 
the jury. So I, I didn't say anything last episode when we recorded about Lex slipping up and calling it a walk of shame. Uh-huh. Because the jury does react to it, but we had literally just talked about how they doctor reactions and all of that. And I was like, yep. maybe that's something they were already calling it or whatever. Maybe I'm thinking too much into that. Nope. The jury mm. did clock that and did not like it. Yeah. They... And Jeff asked. Jeff asked about the... Well, mostly because Kelly has the word shameless on her shirt. Just like out for everyone to see. And I don't know what... It's weird that we're addressing the jury. That shouldn't happen. But clearly someone had a message. And Kelly and, tried to... Kelly was addressing them. Uh-huh. <laughs> and so... Jeff has to be like, hey, do you know what that's about? <laughs> and they have to step in. They're like, yeah, we said that the leaving or them, them coming in was the walk of shame, but we didn't mean any harm by it. We just uh, didn't have a name for it. Yeah, it was a really weak defense. It was. The, I know that he's put on the spot, although he shouldn't have been. He should have thought about what he was going to say because he was going to have to address it at some point. But... You know, you can easily say something like, I like I was just talking off the cuff and, you know, I don't want to go home. And so I used a phrase that I've used for other things, you know, a common a common phrase in parlance. And I, I misspoke. That's not what I meant. Yeah. But he tries to, he gets a little defensive about it, which getting defensive is almost never the right decision when you're trying to win somebody over to your side. Correct. Absolutely. <laughs> The other thing about this I want to mention is that part of the of the jury, like I want to say three or four of them, are donning African garb. It's a little weird. Yeah. Just like a little jarring. The big one is that Frank was wearing like an African-themed skirt, almost like a kilt. Yeah, I know, I, I know what they're called, but not off the top of my head. I think it starts with a T. Brandon was in one last episode, mm-hmm. and that didn't strike me but then frank coming in when i was like ah. it, it was really jarring not because i think it's weird that like a dude is wearing it no i think it's weird that the jury is wearing it the jury traditionally and you know both in the seasons of in the 40s i've seen and in seasons one and two wear their own clothes yeah i doubt that's something frank packed with him yeah particularly Frank wearing it after all the homophobic well, yeah. comments. Well, that, it's the kind of thing I could see Brandon packing for himself. And so yeah. I was like, oh, that's just something Brandon brought. But Frank being in it, I was like, that's so bizarre. Maybe, and I'm shooting off the cuff here. Okay. Maybe there was some like super cool bonding post game at the pre-Ponderosa where like... I don't know, Brandon and Frank hash out their differences. Maybe. And in a moment of, hey, you know what? You're right. He wears Brandon's kilt thing. Um, I don't think that's true, but I'm I don't either. that it is. I absolutely don't <laughs> believe that it's true. But again, I just want them all to be friends. <laughs> Please be friends. Anyway, <laughs> we talk about Ethan is not mentally sharp. This game is taking a toll, and we are so close to the end. Next yeah. episode is the finale, so... Oh, great. It's it's coming in. Coming in hot. There's only four people left. Well, after this vote, there's only four people left. Tom talks about feeling vulnerable. It's like, hey, Tom, do you feel like maybe you have a shot at going home? It's like, of course I do. 
my bag's packed just like everybody else. Yeah. Like, there's only five of us. Somebody has to go. I have a 25% chance of going home. Yeah. Like, props to you. That's a good way to handle it. Yeah, and that's that's really all the notes I have. Anything from you from Dryball? Not really. It's this final four has felt. I, I've been, I've been talking a lot about like, ooh, it could go this way. It could go this way. Mm-hmm. But this has felt like the final four for a very long time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Teresa gets the vote. The will they? Won't they? Was a definite won't they? They don't even show Teresa's vote. It's just three straight Teresa votes. Yeah. And I mean. We're now three seasons in a row with the final four being super obvious from, like, halfway into the season. Mm. Okay. I felt like this was... Maybe... I don't remember if, I don't remember if I vocalized it or not, but I felt like this has, is the final four since, like, the third episode of this season. Because Samburu immediately fell apart. And Clarence was on the outside of his own tribe. And then... Has anyone else gone home from their tribe? A couple people. Like whatever the kelly kelly and the couple people like one or two people that were sick diana or diane and jesse pre-merge so yeah this is this has felt like a pretty obvious final four except i probably would have switched out old kim and kelly Hmm. okay yeah cool how do you think Teresa does in future survivor probably worse like i just she's always at risk of being an early vote because mm-hmm. she does not have a lot of physical strength. And, you know, she's kind of like, she's kind of the same position like old Kim is it was in early in this season where it's like, oh, we like her, but if we have to vote somebody off, it might be her because we need to win team challenges. Yeah. And I can appreciate her gumption. Her gumption? Gumption. I'm turning into Tom. <laughs> no, I'm not. Please don't Please tell anyone that. I don't want to turn into Tom. Okay. And her her willingness to make moves, but I think she's a little clumsy. Her play against Tom was a little heavy-handed, and I think that she could... That kind of stuff flies in this season. I mean, it didn't. She went home, but she was always going to go home. You can kind of bumble a play like that early on, and people won't recognize that you're trying to play them, but you bumble something like that in a modern season now, and you might be... If you tell that to the wrong person, you might be going home, and she shoots her shots in way too many directions. Yeah. So I'd say most likely pre-merge, if she if her tribe did well and she made it to the merge, I think pre-final five. I yeah, I think she would she would do with a lot more help in one, not getting put in the tribe that's going to actively hinder her. <laughs> yes. Two, being able to play the social game. Yeah. Which I don't think she was like she won the social game for Samburu. Yeah. She was the one who survived the longest that's of true. the uh, I'm going to chop all of you. And I think given a little more willingness to intermingle, she would do better. She's definitely not a physical threat. No. But I mean, in if the stars aligned, I mean, she could end up where Tino was. Yeah. In, in, but I don't think that Tino wins a modern season. So, yeah, I'm going to stick to it. I think, less than, I think less than Final Five. Cool. Well, you're not going to see... Her bag. That's not surprising. Yet. She's... What? Yet. Oh. She, I mean, technically is still actively trying. Oh, wow. Okay. So she is not... er, She was considered for All-Stars, didn't make the final cast. Okay. She was one of the 32 eligible contestants in the fan vote for for Survivor for Second Chances. That makes sense. But was not chosen in the final vote. That also makes sense. 
And yeah, like, I mean, she's still out. She's very active in the Survivor community. She has a podcast, uh, Talking with T-Bird, hmm. which I've heard is very good. I haven't listened to my, it myself. I would like to like absolutely dig into that a little bit. Now that I have a train ride every day, might as well do that. Like, she's she's still kicking it. She's still trying to be a part of this. This is her photo from, whoops, almost knocked something over. Sorry. This is her photo of trying to get into Second Chances. Wow, she's in good shape. She's in good shape. She looks much older because she is, like, sure. 15 years older, but, like, she still wants to be a part of this. She looks in better shape in that picture than she did in the beginning of this season. So she clearly has been training or was <laughs> training at the time that, that was taken. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I liked Teresa. I wish we got to see more of her, but there's nothing that really makes her stick out to me. Yeah. Fun fact though. Uh, apparently she was a contestant on card sharks in 1987. Huh? Do you know what card sharks is? No. I watched a lot of the game show network. Cause my, my grandparents had satellite because yeah. they lived in the middle of nowhere. I did too. So I watched the card sharks. It essentially you're just playing a higher and lower game. Okay. Like you answer trivia questions, and then if you get your trivia question right, you get to play a higher or lower game. And you have like five to seven cards. You're like, I think this one's higher. I think this one's lower. Sure. Okay. That's what that game is. Eh, yeah. That's a fun fact. From '87. Wow. That's fun. <laughs> cool. Who's your protagonist of the episode? This one's hard because there isn't really a, as clear of one. Lex wins both challenges, but I don't really give a shit about the reward challenge. And he didn't need... It's kept the status quo. The protagonist is like, who's the story of the mover? Who's the person that's... that's it's their narrative. And I'm going to do a bit of a cop-out here, and I do feel like it's, it is the final four as a group. Okay. This is kind of their last, obviously, you know, now they have to start infighting, but this is like the Viking funeral episode for the final four. They're remembering how, how good it's been. They're getting their little nitpicks out against each other, but like they've been rock solid. And I think that this really is the narrative of how they got here. With arrows and fire and everything. Yeah, true. <laughs> cool. Anything else before we end the episode? Don't do white saviorism. Yeah. Acti actively help your community. Yeah. Maybe don't do it for public gain. Don't just make everyone applaud for you <laughs> while you do it. Bumper. Well, that'll do it for this episode of the Survivor Turning Back Time podcast. We're at the end of another season, Jared. We have one more episode. It's gone by so fast. I... I'm hoping that our eventual soul survivor gets back to me so we can talk to them. <laughs> I doubt it, but doubt it. I'm hoping. Just yeah, I'm I'm really excited. We're we're jumping into another uh, another season here real quick and yeah. I'm just I'm just happy. Thank you guys. What did you want to promote, Stephen? You told me to remind you. Yes, I did. My promotion is <laughs> today, the day we were recording is my parents' anniversary. Oh. And they posted their wedding photo, and I just want to want you to take a look at how '80s this photo is. Just mm. your dad looks like Andy Sandberg, a little bit, yeah. Huh? I I see that. What's hilarious is at the time, both of them 
wear very, very heavy, thick glasses. So <laughs> the fact that probably neither of them can see at the moment <laughs> is not lost on me. Hilarious. Well, I learned, I learned something. Do you know how we discovered how to dilate eyes? No. It is from Victoria, I believe Victorian era, but sometime in the post 1600s, pre 1900s, when courting, you know, you get gentlemen callers and whatever. Mm. And women would put it in their eyes to make their pupils bigger because that was when you, when you are aroused or in love or whatever, your pupils do get bigger. They're trying to be anime it, characters. It's basically, but here's the <laughs> thing. Here's the thing. They would, the, the stuff we use now is a very, very diluted version of yeah. that. So they would just be fucking blind on their, on this first date. Like they could not see anything. <laughs> How'd you like him? Was he cute? I don't know. I don't know. But he'll pay two cows for me. I, that's I, I. I heard that on a TikTok, a feminist TikTok that a TikToker that I follow. It could not be true, but I. They do their research a lot, so I would not be surprised if it was true. Did they just put it in like straight iodine into the eye? Whatever the chemical is that makes your eyes dilate. Yes. Clit. Yep. What fun. Yep. For my co-host Jared, this is Steven. For my host Steven, this is Jared. We're about to go just down a bottle of champagne. Drink, drink, gonna drink tonight, gonna drink tonight, gonna end a musical. I don't know that musical. What is Dr. Pierre and the Great Comet of 1812. That's why. I didn't really get into that one. It's fun. I've heard great things, and it should maybe should have won the Tony. And this year I'm disowning you. <laughs> Bye-bye!